Tonight's episode of How About That is brought to you thanks to Fangoria. The magazine that's been the first in fright since 1979 is back in print with new 100-page editions that come out every three lunar cycles. Our guest tonight, Max Booth's new book, Carnivorous Lunar Activities, joins Our Lady the Inferno and My Pet Serial Killer in the Fangoria Library on February 22nd, with pre-orders available on Amazon right now. But for now, join our conversation with Max Booth and have a howling good time, if you dare. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Howl About That podcast. My name is Xander McCabe. I'm here in Austin this week with Spencer Campbell. Hello. Matt Rosenblatt. Hey. <laughs> and Riley Cusick. This is a nice place. It is. We're in a nice spot right now. It's a very big conference room. It's yeah. a little bit different scene. than our yeah. tiny bedroom we record in. Yeah, I, I like it. It feels open. For all you listeners, it has a wonderful view that uh, <laughs> you cannot appreciate, but we can. Uh, we'll take a picture. We'll put it on Instagram stories. <laughs> just the view. <laughs> we should make an interactive episode where we just have an Instagram feed that correlates with mm-hmm. like every minute of an episode. That mm-hmm. way you can kind of visually If we could turn into some in. sort of like... Bandersnatch? Yeah, Bandersnatch <laughs> podcast mix-up. Awesome. Well, we're here with a special guest this week. We've got Max Booth with us. Hello. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Max, you have a new book coming out under the Fangoria book label uh, called Carnivorous Lunar Activities. That's true. Can you tell me a little bit about your book? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's coming out through Fangoria, and it's called Carnivorous Lunar Activities. I'm, I'm just... Yeah. Ima- imagine if that, that was all I said. Yeah. It's like, well, thanks, guys. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <not having> it. <laughs> yeah. it's about two guys... Um, getting drunk in a basement and building up to a moment when one of them will shoot the other one in the chest with a silver bullet. Yeah, obviously a big werewolf theme there, right? Yeah, definitely. Lots of just bros hanging out and getting down with the werewolves. Uh, we were talking about what movie we should do with you, and we were talking about you know what's one that influenced your book. And the obvious choice to you seemed to be American Werewolf in London. Yeah, since I stole the title from the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a little magic moment for me because I forgot they say that in the uh, in the movie. I yeah. was watching it. And I was like, oh, there's the title of the book, right in there. Yeah, um, I was watching it last night, and they said it. I was like, oh yeah, I, I ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can you tell me what it is about? that movie that you're like this is a big influence on my writing for this one absolutely the whole buddy comedy x aspect of it i mean just jack and david just shooting this shit and just in such a serious situation i mean one's dead one's about to be dead yet they can still joke around like in a pull no theater that had a big inspiration because most movies you'll see everybody is so serious about everything but that's not how it would be in real life. Like these two guys have been best friends. How long? I don't know. They don't. They don't say. Yeah. <laughs> a while. Enough to go on a backpacking yeah. trip through Europe. Who goes yeah. backpacking now? Nobody. Well, I think this is a good indicator that you shouldn't because you can exactly. get attacked by a wolf and ne- nobody werewolves. will know for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to become a werewolf, in which yeah. case this is a not a cautionary tale. This is you got to get out there. Inspiration. Yeah. I one time. I don't know if I said this on here. I I definitely. We passed the daycare, come down to Austin, and I remember it brought back a memory where I convinced a kid I was a werewolf at that daycare. Wait, please go Which on. Go on, convinced him I was a daycare. It was uh, off Mopac. I don't remember what it's called. 
think well, you and I might have gone to the same place. Really? Yeah. We'll address that later. <laughs> Did, were there people going, hey, that guy, I think he might be a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, they called him Bug Boy. Okay, and Bug yeah. Boy. That yeah, was neat. Yeah. Oh, wow. We went to the same daycare. <laughs> he was the kid you convinced. I saw yeah. a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Dude, you're the reason why I believe yeah. in werewolves. Like, oh, I just really want to know how you convinced him you were a werewolf. I don't remember. I think there was a, it was a trip that I took with my dad and I was like, dude, I got bit or something. <laughs> I got, I think I'm a werewolf. And he, I think he, he, at least if he didn't believe me, he went along with it like a really good sport <laughs> and he was really into it. Like he was really excited for something he didn't believe. How, how old were you at the time? 17. Yeah. 17. This was last <laughs> month. Yeah. This was last, last month. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still Xander. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we forgot about that. As long I'm as sorry, man. A few weeks ago <laughs> when you were 17. <laughs> I mean, uh, that is one of the favorite things about any kind of werewolf or like monster movie or somebody's transforming into something else is that some people are immediately like, yes, this is a werewolf 100%. And then mm-hmm. everyone else is like, mm, I don't know. People are getting murdered, but it's still probably not a werewolf. That level of deniability that everybody has in their own little worlds, I kind of really like, especially with Nurse Alex, mm-hmm. who realistically should have been the one who's like on the first on board to be like, yeah, you're a werewolf, I'm with it. But it's not really until she's like, oh, like even the, the doctor in the kind of final scene drags her out of the car and she's still in a moment of like, we don't really know if it's him. I think it's him, <laughs> but we don't know for sure. I, I don't know. The, the movie also does like a weird walking of that line where it's like, yeah, you've got these characters who are super like, no. He just thinks he's a werewolf, and they're like, "There's a wolf attack downtown, David. <laughs> That's him. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All hands up." That's one thing too is I think that uh, they don't really touch on as much is that if he is attacking all these other people, that anyone who could potentially survive could also be a werewolf. They never go into that. They're just like, "Oh, absolutely, everyone is dead." Like, and he does kill them all, but. There's no question of like our werewolf experts being like, hmm, mm-hmm. there might be others now. This might be a dumb question. Is there a sequel to this? I don't know. The prop. I mean, isn't, I assume isn't so. The, um, I haven't seen it, but there's a movie called An American Werewolf in Paris. Paris. Yeah, yeah. Is that a direct sequel? I don't know. I don't know. That was what I was going to suggest, but I didn't really want to sound dumb just in case I was well, wrong. Well, I, I take I took it for you, so it's okay. It's I all can, good. That's I can why sound Spencer's dumb. Spencer's here as he Googles it while yeah. we do it. Um. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I want to ask you more about your book because I yeah. I am not familiar with your book, right. but I am a lover of werewolves. Ask me so anything. You've got me halfway there. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you could speak to the design of the werewolf. Is that in the book? It's vague. It's vague. Uh, yeah. You kept it. You kept it mysterious. Yeah. That's the journey of, or that's the beauty of a book, I guess. Well, I also wrote it like with a movie budget in mind, so mm. I thought, well, someone could just. Use a little imagination when they go to make it. I don't want to be too specific. That's interesting. So why why pick the novel form over like a screenplay to write it? Well, I was invited to write something for Cinestate, and they specified if we buy this book, we also want to get the movie right. So I tried to come up with something low budget in mind. Mm. So I just set the whole book in one room with two people talking. Claustrophobic, I like it. Yeah, I love movies like which is two people, limited setting, like Autopsy of Jane Doe mm-hmm. and um, Rope by Hitchcock. It's more than two people, but one setting, just one long conversation, which can sound awful just by talking about it. But if the the conversation is exciting enough, I feel like it's engaging. That's, yeah, yeah, that is something I have a question for you about. Is it? Do you find as a writer that it's tough to write? two voices that are supposed to be similar and buddy-like and they get along really well 
for that long without ever trying to cross their voices. Because I feel like in American Werewolf in London, uh, David and Jack, they're kind of like either one could be your lead in the first act. Mm -hmm. And it's really not until uh, Jack comes back from the dead that he kind of ends up having his own personality to it, separate of David's. So I'm wondering if that's anything that you found as like a struggle for writing, you know, 100 pages, 200 pages of just... Yeah, it was difficult, and I had to rewrite this conversation a lot of times to make it more distinct. Like uh, Justin, the guy who believes he's infected with this disease, he's kind of more vulgar. He he has no... um, like limits of what he will say but mm. ted he's kind of he's kind of grown up a bit more he has a family and he he tries to pretend he's not the same guy he used to be as a kid but justin he still embraces it yeah like he'll just randomly moon somebody still even though he's middle-aged now is is the mooning a pun yeah <laughs> <laughs> Was there ever a moment where you felt, were there days where you felt more in tune with one character than the other and you just write more focused on them? I don't think so because the way this is written is, well, the the original draft, it was all dialogue only. So it was kind of like a play. And then after the fact, I went back and I added Noel in to make it seem like a novel. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to know, um, whenever you took the approach of writing this, you know, Mm Obviously, writing a play or like a novel, novel specifically, it's very different from like the transition of a screenplay or, you know, a script or anything like that. So I'm curious to know outside of, you know, the obvious American Werewolf in London inspiration or a film inspiration, was there anybody you looked to in author sense that you went, I really like how they write or like I really like how they present their stories? Yeah, I would say Joe Lansdale, if you guys have read him. His uh, writing is a good blend of different genres there's always some type of comedic uh, aspect, aspect to it. And all of its skills kind of just talk like everyday guys, you know. I mean, just like people who have normal jobs and they'll not, some, they'll not fancy like professors. They'll not, they're not going to some dune to explore and all the facts. They just have like nine to five jobs. And that's what I like to write about everyday people. And much like Stephen King does a lot. Well, I think a lot of the appeal of that is like you can actually like feel the horror at home. You know, yeah. like you get to like be scared in your own space while you're reading it. Uh, whereas, like, yeah, if it's like this faraway thing, you know, it's more. It, 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 it's almost like more romanticized in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything um, beyond like American Werewolf in London? You know, this. I feel like. You know, the werewolf, um, like, lore is very, um, it started very early on. And, you know, and it was a big part of early cinema and, like, very yeah. much a big part of horror. Um, and then, like, transitioning from, like, American Werewolf London, because that and, like, the, the howling came at a time where they didn't, people didn't really expect that to be happening because it was at the height of the slasher era. But I'm curious to know your thoughts on, like, how do you feel about, you know, the subgenres being treated today in terms of like, you know, like dog soldiers or um, late phases, like stuff like that, if you've seen them. I haven't seen dog soldiers, but I like late phases quite a bit. I thought it was good. I know you guys did an episode on it. Did not listen, though. <laughs> That's okay. Most Never people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to quite a bit, but not that yeah. one. I should have, though, because it's the theme, but... Yeah. <laughs> right. We have we have a lot of reoccurring uh, werewolf kind of episodes We've our first our first episode yeah. was a werewolf episode so uh speaking of the werewolf we we kind of talked about 
the look of the werewolf, mm-hmm. and you said you kept that kind of intentionally vague. Yeah. But I know one thing that uh, John Landis talks about with American Werewolf in London is his whole goal was to kind of create the wolf man that people hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. which was the four-legged one. Right. Right. Everyone was doing the Lon Chaney format where it's a man who's fuzzy with two main legs that he walks on. And he was like, I really want to try to nail down this four-legged creature. Was there anything in your book that you felt like this is your fresh take on a werewolf? Honestly, no. It was always kind of a secondary thing with me. Mm -hmm. Because the main point of the book I wanted was this this guy's childhood friend. He calls him up out of the blue. And he has to convince him by the end of the night to shoot him in the chest with a silver bullet. And it made, I mean, originally I didn't realize he was going to be like a fucking wolf man, but it made sense. Like, okay, why would he have to shoot him? Okay, he would have to shoot him with a silver bullet. And it just led to that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, you're talking about the, the werewolf design uh, for the movie. I was, I was actually uh, uh, pretty blown away by it because, like, you have, like, the initial transformation scene in this, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it, it kind of sets it up where it's, like, more of, like, your classical image of a werewolf where, like, he seems like he's going to be uh, standing up like they make him very like elongated but then when you actually see him uh, moving down the streets of uh, London uh, it's quite a shock like like one just how low to the ground he is uh, and I, I thought there was like something like kind of terrifying about like this creature that can throw you but like is also like ankle high yeah I'm confused on that I'm not confused I don't remember the dude's name who did all the effects for it Rick something is it Rick Baker yes yeah Rick Baker uh when he talks about it, he said the whole approach to that was the idea of, like, when you're a kid, you do the wheelbarrow thing. Yeah. Like the idea that, like, somebody is, like, holding up the feet. Because he was, like, trying to figure out how to build the monster. And uh, one idea was to put, like, two people in a suit, right? And that'd be kind of weird. That way you could walk as four-legged. But uh, what he ended up doing is that mentality where it was, like, somebody's laying down on the front arms. And is like, puppeteering those back legs. And the rest is just kind of, like, cut out. But the low to the ground thing is 100% just to get an ease to move. Like, they would just put him on, like, a little, like, cart. <laughs> that way he could just roll around, like, a skateboard or something. <laughs> that way he's not, you know, it's not impossible to move. But, and that's one of those things, too. Like, and one of my favorite things about, especially, like, old uh, horror films is, like, they, they do stuff because, like, that's how we needed to do it to make it work. And uh, uh, it gives it such a unique look and flavor. Like, that probably wasn't a decision as far as, like, we want it to look like this, but it came out that way. And it really adds to the character of the werewolf and it really, like, makes yeah. it a distinct figure uh, in the film. Which, and it's just, it's, it's a fun thing to see. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of Fright Night a lot, the same transformation that you have of like Evil Ed, mm-hmm. right? And he's we're seeing it actually grow and mutate rather than uh, the whole thing that John Landis wanted to avoid was like the dissolve method, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like a video on top of another video and it transitions, or it's like we round a pillar and we change into a hairier man. Yeah, you get a whole, you get to see it all, which is normally not what you want to do in a horror film, but I think it really works for this one. Um. Well, and yeah, I'd say that's probably because like the emphasis I feel like is a lot less on the horror element of it in this yeah. one. Like they're not trying to make you scared. Like I think if the tone was different, that c- could maybe throw you off. Although it was really well done. So yeah, I know with the transformation scene, the guy who did it, Rick, he uh, he wanted it to be one long shot. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, Landis, was like, Landis was like, no, it's going to look a lot like spooky if we keep cutting away like on close-ups. And yeah. I agree with that. I think, again, like we were saying, practicality is yeah. like, it would be so hard to make. Like, it's easy to be like, here's the prosthetic arm. Right. And now the arm's going to grow. Yeah. Right? That's hard enough as is than to be like, all right, we have a whole body that we're going to have to transform <laughs> in one wide shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, with the cutting away and everything, what it does showcase a lot is just like, well, it does give you an opportunity to, you know, get different perspectives and the size of it. It shows the brutality of the transformation, which is something I feel like this is one of the first films of its kind to show mm -hmm. the just very, like, painful way of that transformation, which is something that's very unique for this film, in my opinion. Well, and it's great, too, because it's, like, juxtaposed with this, like, really fun music, and, like, he's just... It's, like, like the movie... Like, it, it, it's a weird movie where the main character's not having a good time, but the movie's having a great time. <laughs> well, I think that's the whole thing that makes it scary isn't necessarily the transformation, but him screaming the entire time mm -hmm. that he's going through this, like, insanely agonizing pain that it's, like... At first, it's like a scared scream when he has hair coming out of his hands. But then when they start physically changing, you don't really think about that too much when you watch The Incredible Hulk and he just gets like frustrated and then he turns green and big, right? But you're watching this man who's getting his whole body demolished. Mm -hmm. I think that's the brutal part of it is the, the evil sounds <laughs> where you can feel the pain. Imagine watching like The Incredible Hulk on a Saturday morning, like his animated animation yeah and then it's all nice and dubby and then he goes to transform and he's just like five minutes of agony <laughs> and the kids are watching like okay yeah i feel like you did that as a saturday morning cartoon it wouldn't really pass over well <laughs> i feel like that's always like this is a little this is off topic but like with like uh like kid shows like the last season like after they've been told they're canceled they always start doing stuff like that they're like well we're already canceled yeah. so let's make uh let's make our main character really sad <laughs> um, yeah my favorite cancellation this is very off topic it's still like conan when he got when he was told he was getting kicked off the tonight show and he had like six or seven episodes left and the whole thing he did was just every episode to spend as much money on it as humanly possible <laughs> just like Jesus. You know, put a little, put them in a hole. I'm hearing a bunch of little weird little ticking noises over there. Uh, <laughs> the Bugatti Mouse will never, never be ruined. What was that? The Bugatti Mouse. Oh they, yeah. That and then like, they got the prized horses, like the prized racing horses. Yeah, which is just an amazing way to blow your budget. <laughs> <laughs> which that's my favorite thing to see is uh, I really want to see Schlock now. Yeah. Being like that's the one that you know comes before American Werewolf in London where it's like $30,000 versus this movie where it's like full, like the ending scene where it's just like how many things can we break and kill and blow up all in five minutes it, just to see like the kind of different thought process there because he's obviously a very strong director, right? Just on his own. But then to be on that limitation of $30,000 to like a big budget where it's like, yeah, you want to murder 10 people in the next 30 seconds? We can do that. Well, and it's also uh, interesting, too, because he doesn't, like, go overboard with it. Like, he's not, like, being strictly gratuitous. Because, like, the first night that he goes around um, killing people, you don't see the werewolf at all. Like, you, you see the transformation, and then everything after that, uh, he's, like, it's all, like, POV shots and... Um, which I, th I thought was an interesting choice, especially given like the ending and then like some of the maulings you see. Uh, just that like you know they could have had the werewolf running around London that whole time, but they felt like uh, it added more to the story to um, 
have uh, uh, have like that POV and have that more uh, mystique feel of the killings. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite aspect of this whole movie, though, despite the two of them of, of Jack and David being like so core to each other, are the ensemble of everybody else. Because David's going just through absolute turmoil the whole time, but everyone else is just kind of cracking jokes around him. I think one of the funniest lines to me is the when like the little kid goes up to his mom and goes like, "Mommy, an American man stole my my balloons." Yeah. The naked man. Yeah, yeah. And then the mom just be like, "What? What are you? What are you talking about?" Or like when he's like trying to get arrested with the cop. And he's like, she why you believe me? Yeah, he's like, you believe me, right? And then the one woman goes, I mean, maybe he just thinks it's a prank. <laughs> and then like that's her only part in the movie. Are these like really like fun little one-liners? I think my favorite version of that was uh, um, the the Amer. I, I think he was like an ambassador or something. But he's like some American guy. Right after David got mauled, he was in the hospital. Uh, and then he, and then like David's like freaking out after he found out his friend died, and he's like, D- David, there's no need to be hysterical. David, calm, calm. This is too much. And then, then like as he's looking in the room, he's like, these fucking American kids, they're, they they don't appreciate anything. And I'm like, oh. I had five friends die last night. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's a fun angle to look at though, is the idea that it is just like a PTSD thing for him that like this whole thing is just him imagining it which some of it is it's a dark turn but it is what it it, is right like the whole plot with uh jack popping back up every once in a while like that's not tied to the werewolfism i don't know that's 100 percent his own trauma doing it to him i think that i think i think that was a ghost because then he, he didn't remember anything but he 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 saw the faces of all the people he killed well, I think that's the thing is like, I mean, he still did it, right? So if he's choosing not to remember parts of it, there's still it still happened in front of his face. I don't know. I feel like they were ghosts. Have you heard that theory that like everyone you see in a dream is somebody you've seen in real life? Yeah, because your mind can't uh, uh, make faces. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. It's like that kind of thing. Like there's like a subliminal where he's like the brain knows that that person was there and it happened. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think I think they were, those were really ghosts. I think they're ghosts, too. I, I want to believe they're ghosts because that's where all the camaraderie comes from. His friend, and they all have like unique voices, right? Like that they're not all like, especially like when you're thinking about the other ghosts, they're not they're not just like you killed us, Dave. Like so one of them's like, dude, I had a wife and kid, and then the other one, the other like the couple are like, you should really probably kill yourself. <laughs> I love when they come up with ideas or yeah. ways they could kill themselves. <laughs> Jump off a bridge. I, is that not his self-conscious or subconscious to be like, hey, man, you're full of guilt. Do these things. Possibly. But I don't know. I also th- that scene was funny to me because like it was all already like way too late for that. Like mm-hmm. he transformed like immediately after that. They're like, yeah, you should go kill yourself with all these things. And he's like, I'm about to turn right now. <laughs> and it all leads to suicide by cop. It's the way to go. Is that not what that is? It is. <laughs> but it's interesting that there is that tie of him feeling guiltier and, and being told that, you know, he's aware he's a werewolf, he's aware that the probably the best thing to do is to kill himself, and that's what the lead in your book sounds like. Yeah, it is. He's dealing I, with. I ripped the movie off completely. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no but I was I'm just wondering if you could speak to that aspect of it. Um, I honestly didn't even think about that with the movie tying in with the book when I was writing it. But yeah, you're completely, completely right. I just like the idea of someone having to convince a friend to shoot him. Mm-hmm. I don't know where yeah. that idea originally came from. 
Well, and, and it's kind of it's kind of like the reverse of what the movie's doing too, yeah. because like like he he's trying to convince his friend, which is kind of interesting because it's like it's it's like more selfish. He's like, hey, I just want to move on. Um, but in this one, it's like your your protagonist is more like uh, good natured in that way, where it's just like something bad's gonna happen. I need you to do yeah. this. It's like I've done bad things. I've killed people. I don't want to kill someone again. I need you to shoot me. And he's like, "Well, why don't you just shoot yourself if this is true?" But it's kind of like I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Can I offer up a thing that I really don't like about this movie? Do it. Uh, nurse Alex is a really bad nurse. Oh, she's awful. She's not good at her job. Like she goes to a little sick boy, and instead of like trying to <laughs> offer him like the medication or like helping him relax. She just kind of goes in a back and forward shouting match at him, and then tickles him a bunch. Like but, I feel like any kid who's like bedridden, mm-hmm. sick, you shouldn't just be tickling aggressively. Maybe she's got some methods we don't know about. Doesn't she secret s- insight? Doesn't she say something like, "How would you like it if I beat the shit out of you right now?" Yeah, she's a real weird. Also, like she's just taking care of this patient and like feeding him food, and now they're like sleeping together. I feel like she's a really bad nurse. Hey, man. That's just <laughs> real life, man. <laughs> but also, you, yeah, have you never had sex with a nurse after going to a hospital? Come on, Xander. <laughs> don't, don't play these games. Um, what was the deal with that kid? Like He offered nothing to the movie. Yeah, I was, I was like... I was he like, said one word over and over. I thought, I thought he was going to get murdered by David, but... He did not, and I was real. That was like probably the biggest twist of the movie. That I was like, "Whoa, he's he alive!" Was, he was in those two scenes for no, or three scenes even for no reason, and not even like <laughs> it has to be like he's like you know, his dad's friends with John Landis. Dude, that was, was like, Max hey, Landis, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh man, yeah, she's just a bad nurse. And the whole time I was like, hmm. Uh, he might have been less uh, insane if like she, they had somebody useful helping him out. I don't know, man. I thought she was doing fine. The doctor was like more wild to me. He was just, he like he reminded me of um, uh, who's it in airplanes? Um, I think he's a doctor in airplanes. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the very like straight face, like but also like weird. He's just a weird dude. Um, yeah, that's all I had with that. <laughs> I mean, he bought into this whole real uh, thing right away. He's like, yep, I believe it. Yeah. He's like someone who gets into true crime podcasts way too much. He's just <laughs> waiting to crack a case himself. I don't know how I feel about the sex scene that went down. Yeah. I don't. Am I the only one? Maybe this is just me, but there was a lot of shoulder kissing going on. Am I the only one that noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. You, didn't, uh, you don't like shoulders? Yeah, take care of Hey, man, if that's your thing, go for it. But I mean... Matt, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees I thought you were about to refer to the, like, the head and shoulders shampoo, shampoo brand. No. And I was, I was about to really <laughs> was, trip he was out. He dandruff-free. Yeah. He was a hairy werewolf, he but he was did, dandruff-free. She didn't even like, have to worry about I mean, there's a lot spreads. of shoulder kissing going on. You know... I need you to understand. That. I, I, Again, I saw the movie. We do this all the time. John Landis, if you want to come on the podcast and defend your choice of having a lot of shoulder kissing, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes. Or if you want to shoulder SoundCloud, kiss Matt, iTunes. that is also acceptable. I, I'd honestly let John Landis shoulder kiss me if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say no. Because <laughs> if anything, I have a story. You always have a story. That's true. Like, uh, Riley, you have a great story of Fiona Dorf hating you now. No. Yeah. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> you, you can tell that anywhere, though. You're right. 
Yeah. And then you can like, you, and then if people don't believe you, you can be like, look at my Instagram. And then and then I'll privately step out and be like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> but in public, it'll be a, a story. I just know one day you're gonna work with her, and like she's not she's not gonna remember, That's okay. and she's gonna like follow you on Instagram and see mm. it, and then it's like gonna come rushing back to her. She's gonna have really conflicted feelings about. Well, she's it. gonna like quit whatever the project so, is. You know, the beauty of it is, is like maybe she's really like flattered by your work and all that and it's like i really want to work with you and be like you know what you were really rude to me when i was like 21 um Jeez. here's the deal and like no but i want to work with her but you essentially play hard to get. i am lost yeah. yeah essentially at frightmare last year Fiona Dorf was, right a, was a guest riley showed up took a photo through the first day got that photo printed came back the second day to take a photo with her with that photo and then did on the third day in every photo <laughs> You can see her get less and less excited about it. the first day. She was all bubbly and excited to talk to Riley. Was real excited to hear from that he was a ra- he was from Austin. You guys chat about that. Second day she was less excited. Third day she was very over it. Yeah, she's like one word responses there. <laughs> no, day. that's bringing her, the photos over to one, Max. It's all happy. Okay. She's still a great actress. This is great content for any. And she, yeah, yeah. There. It's like. Us watching Matt look at Instagram. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's how you we'll, we'll, we'll link engaged. these in the description of the podcast. Two. Yeah, and our interactive Instagram. Yeah. Day three was just wrong. That's all right. I think it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's great. We got Max Landis directing uh, the remake, right? Max Landis made Dirk Gently. Fiona Dorif stars in there. She's going to be in the remake. She's going to be Nurse Alex. She's going to be in the remake of... American oh, Werewolf. She, is she actually? You think what? he's no, still? I'm, no, I'm sorry. Because they not, have the two girls for that movie, don't they? Dude, dude I don't know anything. I'm do sorry. You think I just know Max he, uh, Landis is attached. Do you think he still is at this point? Max Landis? Yeah. Uh, you know what? He kind of got mad. You managed. know what? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I don't keep up with that man. I don't know how he's, how he's hanging in there. I have a website, maxlandisblog.com. Oh, just to follow him? That's your true crime podcast? Yeah, just exactly. follow him, uh, The many crimes of Max Landis. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. It's all right. There's slow days, then there's good days for it. Yeah. If it Guys, it leads. I loved the dream sequences. I was so shocked by them. Mm-hmm. They were so startling. <laughs> like, I just, like, I would look down, like, at some, or, like, you know, get distracted for, like, a second, and then, like, like there would be these, like German werewolves busting in, shooting up families. Yeah. Like, yeah, it started this Bizarre. family scene. I'm like, wow, they really just cut forward ahead. Like, he's back mm. in America, like with a family, <laughs> or he's staying with someone. I'm like, yeah. wow, they just really cut cut ahead. And then the German werewolves bust in. I'm like, oh, they were, okay, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I think they were like mutant Nazis. That's what they were. Yeah. Oh, that's. And they set the whole house on fire. Yeah. That was like also just insane. Like, yeah. That's a weird one to. I don't know. Try to explain why you need it in your film. Yeah. Like, no, we really need this scene in here. Did, it's really important. Is there like a has, has he commented on like the significance of those scenes, or was just he just you, like you, like, you Nazis? I just so. assume like it's the the change in his blood is like leading up to the moon, mm. maybe, and it's fucking with his brain chemistry. That's possible. I also possible he had some short film ideas that he didn't have money yeah. for, and he was like, "I bet, I bet I can just throw these in here." That's a good point. He's like, "No one's gonna fund my mutant Nazi movie, and I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna make this revenge. work." But those monsters look so good. Yeah, oh yeah, they were great. They're amazing effects. So I found the thing I was thinking about. Uh, Rick Baker posted a photo online in December of uh, his two daughters in like the werewolf makeup and of. Uh, mm. 
Jack's makeup when he's all cut up and bloody. And uh, there's a lot of speculation that that was going to be the cast for Rick Baker's daughters, but I really ah. doubt that's the case. I don't think Cause so. Because right now the premise is like it's supposed to be like Alex and her boyfriend are going through London and she, uh, her boyfriend gets murdered from there. But Wow. She just got killed. Yeah. Did, just, that was, that was a, the thud. <laughs> yeah, some werewolf just landed on the roof of this building. <laughs> Guys, if we got attacked by a werewolf. Mm-hmm. I already did. You already did, Ian. If you're out there, yeah. <laughs> it wait, was it wait, was it a dog named Ian or a per, like a wolf? A, the guy's or? name was Ian. That I convinced them. Like Ian from our high school. Mm. Oh, good no. man. So I don't say wait, this guy's last. I don't moment. think that works that way, man. If you get bitten by a human who's a werewolf, I don't know if that counts as you getting turned into a werewolf. What are you talking about? I'm just talking about the kid that I told I was a werewolf too. His oh. name was Ian. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't bite me. He better. Than, no. I was gonna say if we get attacked by werewolves, Riley's fry then. Yeah, he's, he's doing great. Like, oh, I would. I'd be happy to be a werewolf. I would love to be a werewolf. Would I feel some guilt? Be, sure. It would be fucking awful, though. I would hate that. Like, I feel like being a werewolf, like, as a kid was always, like, kind of cool when you see the long, chainy stuff. But then, uh, again, watching him go through all of that pain, I was like, mm, I don't want that. Hey, man, pain is beauty. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate, you okay? Yes, yes I and? Think, I think Darren Lebowski, <laughs> like, wrote that on my autograph. Like something very similar. Pain is Beauty? Something very similar to that. Wow, wow. Director of some Saw movies. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You you know, actually, though, uh, talking about, like, being a werewolf, uh, one thing that this movie delved into that others have as well, uh, but it didn't go super into it, like, that, like, being a werewolf, like, makes you feel really good when you're not actually, like, turning. Like, especially, like, coming up to the... Like, he he was, like... Oh, he was manic as hell afterwards. He's just like, woo, we're doing it. We're making out a taxi. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've seen that a lot in, like, the the werewolf mythos. uh, And I guess it's, like, compensation for, like, three days a month. You have to, like, just, like, die, basically. (laughs) So, last night, when I was watching this movie, several whiskeys in, filled with a bunch of cheese fries and fried pickles from Cool Beans. Uh... I was watching that scene and he was getting all excited and high energy. And I was like, man, what actually gets somebody to be like that peppy all the time? And I was like, oh, yeah, working out. Uh, <laughs> that's what the key to it, but I'm full of cheese fries, pickles, and booze. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Hey, man, you bit by a werewolf, you'll be all right. You've right. <laughs> got a werewolf right the here. The key to not having right, to got work. got one right it. here sitting across from you. Tell you what, it's pretty good. <laughs> hey, Riley, bite me. <laughs> Ooh, this is spicy. Actually, if, if Riley was a werewolf, I'd imagine him turning and then just like as the wolf, just be reading in his room quietly. I would like to do that. Yeah, like yeah. like you'd, you'd like come in and it's just like a full like werewolf, like just a huge wolf, like way bigger than like the room needs, but uh, you're just reading a book. That's something you don't see too often since like Teen Wolf too, is the idea of like they're merging. It's the same person. They turn to a wolf, they're still, they retain their personality. Yeah, and I like that. I like that aspect. This one doesn't do that. I still like this one. <laughs> but I think it would have been interesting had he looked like a giant fucking dog. And he was like, holy shit, I'm a dog. Much like that. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I saw you post that. That's exa- If you go to Max's uh, Twitter, you can see this photo. That, that is exactly that. This could that. be you. It looks like that movie Creep, but like behind the scenes. Creep. Man. That's that's preemptively the Photoshop challenge. Like, that's I'm just <laughs> that photo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think like part of that comes from like like them being a werewolf a while, but like, especially with the movie format, werewolves just like, you don't last long. No. Yeah, like there's like a, there's a need for you to die like pretty immediately. <laughs> well, it's cause like you're not, 
doing like clean kills. Yeah. Like when you're Dracula and you murder someone, you've lured them into your space, right? Mm-hmm. You bite them on the neck and they turn to your wife. Like, <laughs> or, like they're like they're with you now. Like this mm-hmm. is like you run out into public areas and maul someone apart, mm-hmm. right? And again, very public spaces. Like the most private one that happens in here is the, the porno theater. The rest are like in a suburb or at a park or in the subway. Like it's not very well hidden at all. Oh, speaking of the suburb one, what was with that woman who saw those that couple getting mauled and she was like, those rowdy kids are out there. Those hooligans. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I don't like. Because like, I get it if it's like, hey, I, I hear something happening like two blocks away at the park. Oh, but the couple's sure. like, hey, we're here, but like, let's run around. Let's go around the back so we'll surprise them. So they're like on their property line. Yeah. Like they're in the fence, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Hmm, I think she's <laughs> what's seen happening them. ten feet away." Like, because I think I think there's like a shot where like the uh, the werewolves eating them in the foreground, and then you see her in the window. Like, I think she like physically sees this happening. She's like, "Those rowdy kids." <laughs> <laughs> and the husband's like, "Stop looking at the window." Yeah. <laughs> Help me with my belt. I don't know what he was doing. God. But again, the ensemble in this movie is like one of my favorite parts because they always come in with little moments like that. We were like, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. And it's perfectly fun. I think like the like the little two girls who just have the barking dog and are just laughing at him and then just walk away. Oh, that, like, that's a great moment. That was literally the scariest part of the whole film. Like, those kids are pretty scary. Those kids were. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think something that I'm realizing is that I feel like a lot of these latter werewolf films do take that approach more so of like masking things and humor more so. I mean, like, it'd be very hard to take something uh, extremely seriously, like, of that subject matter for a consistent runtime. Because, mm-hmm. like, this does it, and, you know, um, like, Dog Soldiers does it, you know, Late Phases does it pretty much with the main character throughout. So it's nice to see that. I, I mean, I haven't seen the remake of The Wolfman, I've just heard it's rough all around so i don't know what approach they take i'm gonna assume serious i like how they even include that in this movie it's like have you seen the wolfman and they're like oh yeah the one from a few years ago he's like no the original <laughs> what are you what are you talking about are you why, stupid? Would I, why would i be into that first one yeah i uh was thinking about how like you were talking about how like these are very messy kills in a very like public area and I haven't really seen a werewolf movie like on the scale of this. I I think that like where it's like it's a full on a werewolf's loose in a city because like they 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 always try to like have it like kind of like where it begins in a town, right? It's a town beset by a werewolf or like a neighborhood mm-hmm, or yeah. like like it's it's far away and they're close enough to nature for you to be like, oh. Yeah, they don't, they don't keep him at the slaughtered lamb. Yeah, uh, which which is an interesting choice because like the only other uh, uh, movie I can think of where you see like werewolves like in like a subway station is like um, what are they called the underworld movies or like oh, oh hell yeah those yeah. are great yeah 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 <laughs> which which is like like totally going for different things but like it 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 it's so jarring and cool. To see this myth, because like you see vampires in the city all the time, like that makes sense. But like a werewolf is just like so much uncontained rage and mayhem that yeah. like for a horror film, it usually just doesn't make sense. You don't have the budget to put a werewolf in a city, uh, and this doesn't, and it's really cool and it's really uh, uh, interesting. Yeah, 
there's a great scene that I think that encapsulates that is when he's trying to break out of the the theater, right? Because it's literally that thing where if you try to contain it, it does not work. Mm-hmm. It's gonna bust out and go free. Which I think that's my favorite thing about it is uh, when they when they send uh, when they send him to the hospital in London. Whoever makes that choice after Jack and him get attacked, like they're the ones who really have doomed everybody else. Because otherwise he would have just stayed out in the hills, you know, at this little tiny village. But whoever's like, yep, uh, we don't have the doctors that we need around here, so let's send them into downtown London. This, the people who just screwed everybody else over. Oh. They're, the big, they're the real criminals, not yeah. poor David. Although the alternative is, like, they send him home to America immediately, and he transforms on a plane because it's a 14-hour flight. And that would be great. That would be really great. That's like the new snakes on a plane. Yeah, it's a werewolf on a plane. Get these motherfucking werewolves on a <laughs> motherfucking plane. It reminds me of... Um... I never saw this film, but in, in Rings, whenever like Samar takes over the whole flight like, oh, television yeah. screens, I never saw the movie, but the trailer that looked really cool. <laughs> but you know, I movie is bad apparently. I think it's a passable movie. Like you can just you know, pass on. I, it. I mean, one day I'll probably watch it. Yeah. One day. But also, that'd be a way worse title to call your movie an American Werewolf in America. Yeah. <laughs> or it'd be or American Werewolf in International Waters because that's where the plane. That's true. An, Ameri- <laughs> an American Werewolf on American Airlines. <laughs> that's right. it. That's that solved it. Oh, yeah, that was. You got to pitch that. To oh my god, Max Landis. That... I'm gonna write him tomorrow. Oh Let him know. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh man. How did um in your book? How did the uh, uh how did your main character get bit? Oh, he got into dog fighting. He wanted to buy like a champion dog, so he went through a shady guy on Craigslist who sold him a dog that was not a dog. Sold him a where? That's amazing <laughs> setup. Oh my goodness! I lo- I what a great way to pawn man. something off on somebody too. The yeah. like the Craigslist free section. <laughs> I, I really love how like today in this culture, how how everything revolves around like Craigslist being really sketchy. Yeah, and this is one of those examples of Craigslist yeah. being really sketchy. But it's great because everybody like like you, you inevitably use Craigslist. It's just it yeah. like it's like one of those things where it's like oh I got this really great thing on Craigslist or I got like followed by some like, weirdo on this, Craigslist. This dude he. Shot my dog. Like, <laughs> just random stuff like that. You know? So this dude sold me a werewolf, you know? Yeah. And it was like, meet me behind this 7-Eleven at 1 a.m. He's telling uh, Ted how it happened. And Ted's like, why did you do that? <laughs> it's like, he was a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, good deals are better than they seem. Uh, recently, I totaled my car. And I went to go buy a car on Craigslist. Riley went with me. The guys seemed nice. The car seemed fine. Just smelled like grandma's ashtray. But uh, took the car. Worked great. Good condition. New transmission. Great price. And uh, multiple times I've been in that car, put my foot on the gas pedal, and just nothing happens. Or like one time it didn't speed up, even though I kept flooring the gas, and then a bunch of smoke came out of the engine. But every time I've done the same thing, I just turn it off and then turn it back on, and it works fine. <laughs> sounds like it's a spark plug thing, actually, because my car did something very similar to that. Yeah, and I replaced them. Do you feel like that's like a really expensive thing for me to get done? If it's just a spark plug, or do you think um, it's a bigger spark system plugs issue? Aren't that expensive? But I mean, do you think it's going to be like leading to a bigger issue? Or Welcome to car talk. No idea. No, I, I, I mean, like that's just what happened with me because I did the exact same. Gotcha. I'm sure the listeners are loving yes. this. Welcome um, back to Click and Clack with uh, Matt and Xander. This is a uh, home improvement tool time. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Talk about deep cuts. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is I just want to make sure that it doesn't make my, my like, because my insurance gave me a certain amount on the budget, and I did buy a car slightly under it, and I really just don't want to spend more than what the insurance gave me in total, even with the repairs, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you. <laughs> there you go. But we got down Austin in it, so we can get back home. Check out the how about that Instagram story to see if we make it back. <laughs> Bandersnatch, you get to decide if our car breaks down. Jesus. Oh, man. That would be good. It's pretty inevitable that we'll get to a Transformers movie where it's a car is bitten by a werewolf, and that's what it becomes the hybrid <laughs> no, of that, that, that Transformers and... Futurama. Yeah. yeah. Futurama they did that? Yeah. yeah. Well, Bender gets well, bit by a, like a like an old like uh, 70s car or something. Oh, yeah. And they do the whole like Christine thing. Yeah. 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 It's Christine Damn, meets like it. werewolf. I like uh, it. It's, 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 it's like an hour special too. It's like really good. <laughs> I'm in. I'm sold. I feel like Riley, you knew that that was a Futurama thing. I that. haven't seen Futurama. I didn't know. Great Sorry. show. Great show. <laughs> Can't, help. Can't help it. Let's just talk about Futurama for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> What is your favorite episode? So, uh, Max, what is your favorite episode of Futurama? <laughs> oh, definitely the one with the dog. I feel oh, like that's everyone's. Yeah. Like it's so, such a good one. It's it, so sad to me. It brings like the like the Simpsons. Obviously, is a little bit more like that homey kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Right about families, and at the end of the day, it's about bringing the family together. And Futurama is a little bit more on the goofy, cartoonish side. But that episode kind of brings the best of both those worlds together. Riley, what's your opinions on the episode with the dog? Did you like that, that one? I don't know what that means. Is it a werewolf <laughs> it's, dog? It's going to make you sad. Nah, it's just a dog. This is a regular dog. dog. Yeah, it's a nice little dog. Oh, I love the episode whenever they they figure out if they put magnets on Bender, he starts singing like folk tunes. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my. That's probably my favorite. I love the episode that takes place in the future. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like the ones where uh, there's the one where they like go to the end of the universe together. Yeah, that, I, I was literally about to say that it's one. That great. one's great. Yeah. yeah. That was a very H.G. Uh, Wells. I mean, it's all very H.G. Wells, but uh, that episode especially. Speaking of the episode of The End of the Universe, we're towards the end of this podcast oh. right now. Uh, so final thoughts on American Werewolf in London. Does anybody have anything else they want to throw out there? I have one question. Go for it. How long of a film do you think he made of See You Next Wednesday? Oh, yeah. The, That's a good yeah. point. Because there's a lot of plot film? points that happen in that. Yeah. Uh I like to think that it was only what we had to watch, but realistically, if you think about production, they probably are doing several takes, and they just had to have something constantly going in the background. It's probably a couple hours. I just love how they keep getting interrupted, and it's like, oh, my bad. See yeah. ya. Continue. It's pretty great. <clears throat> you guys know what we're talking about, right? No idea. The, the porno is called See You Next Week. Oh! oh. Excellent. I should have said that. <laughs> no. I was like, I was like, did you do a sequel called See You Next Wednesday? Or? I like to think he just started it and just was like, just do, just do your thing. And then they were like, we'll be back in an hour. Production took place over four weeks, and they just started it. For, and it was supposed to be a four-week-long thing, and it would just be at, whenever they came in, they would address it. Yeah. Counter idea. He had directed that porno priorly, and. He, uh, he like he just didn't get the distribution he wanted, yeah. so he's like, "If I sneak it Again, in here, yeah, so it's the same with the short yeah. films." Yeah, it's like they won't fund it. This is secretly an anthology film. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Just a bunch of his like greatest uh, script ideas that he never got to make. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. This is what he sent out on like auditions. Like, <laughs> this is this is what I can do. <laughs> oh my goodness! So somebody else had the script, and they're like, "We need to find a director," and that's what he sent it. He's like, "Pick me." <laughs> this is me. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I guess my uh, final thought, going back to the the past, Love and Werewolves. Before I saw this movie, um, I remember that the buddy aspect between these two guys was how I was introduced to it, and it was my dad saying like, uh, "I like." I like that dynamic, and I saw it, it resonated with him, and that was how I was introduced to it, so I think that to have that core, and for you to focus on that core, too, I think is a really good thing. Thank you. Um, my thoughts, not necessarily a thought, more just a question. Um, with, you know, um, I don't know, I assume you're probably aware, but yeah, Blumhouse picking up the rights to like the whole Universal Monster stuff. Yes. What are your thoughts on that, or is it something you're like, really looking forward to seeing what they can do with I would that. like to see what they can do because I mean they tried doing it as action movies and that was fucking stupid so <laughs> yeah. it would be Try nice yeah it would uh, be twice? nice yeah what uh, Dracula the untold origin oh god I forgot about that yeah that was actually supposed to be that was the kickoff one and I think technically up oh. until the mummy flopped that was still part of the universe wasn't there I Frankenstein as well wasn't that a part of it oh yeah with Daniel Radcliffe that was a part of it I don't I don't no, that's, 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 that's Oh, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Also Max, also Max Landis. Oh. That one. Uh, yeah. I Frankenstein was like Aaron Eckhart, the guy who played Two-Face. They've been trying to do action Frankenstein for a while, though. They I think really they want to like, make it work. Yeah, it's so that's, slow. They keep making them ripped. That's their <laughs> thing. That they, they're like, let's make Frankenstein ripped. Let's make Frankenstein, like, hot. Like, I know he's yeah. a corpse, but, like, I'd want to see Frankenstein. <laughs> I would love to see, like, a David Cronenberg adaptation. Mm. Yeah, that'd be good. Ooh. Of any of those. <laughs> I just want to see a new David Cronenberg movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's in that yeah, genre. That would honestly be really wild. Yeah. <laughs> His take on that. I'd probably be like, everybody would be like, this is too intense for us. Yeah, that wouldn't be a wide release. <laughs> a really rude question to ask you, Spencer. Yeah. I was not paying attention. Did you do your final thoughts? <laughs> no, I haven't done my final thoughts. <laughs> All right, sorry. What are your final thoughts? Jeez, uh, <laughs> I don't really I don't really have any. I just, I was blown away by how great this movie was. I, you know, 10 out of 10 call your local I don't know I don't know I don't have any thoughts call your local representatives yeah, yeah, yeah. let them know that you really like <laughs> America yeah. call your senator call your local representative hey, this movie them. holds up <laughs> yeah. this movie holds up you have you guys seen this today? movie yeah. <laughs> your, your local silversmith and tell him get ready yeah <laughs> yeah no that, those are all my final thoughts yours Xander you got any uh, yeah I do I do think of this movie as one that you can watch at any age which is kind of fun because mm-hmm. there is obviously some things where it's like that's a little aggressive here and there but as a kid you'd always pick up on all those kind of things right but I think it's a fun way to introduce horror because it's a little bit wacky it's a little more fun there is the blood of it but it's not like overly brutal and also the monster is not an outside thing right so like as a kid you're watching and you recognize it as like the main character who's just going through like a hard thing rather than like something scary out in the woods is coming towards you, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's fun one that you can kind of introduce people into, uh, especially if they're not horror types. Yeah, but what about that shoulder kissing though? That's the most horrific yeah. part. And see you 17. Cut that out. I'm never gonna get over it, man. <laughs> It's gonna haunt my dream. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. I, I see it like running in your head, like right now you're just like. Like there's gonna be a so time whenever shoulder. like, Someone's gonna be like, kiss my shoulder. I'm like, can't do it. <laughs> nope. Actually, the more I think about this movie, probably shouldn't show this to younger children. Yeah, I was, I was kind of blown away. But I didn't want to challenge you on it, but I was like, really? Yeah, okay. I forgot about see you next Wednesday. Maybe hold off. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You gotta explain some things. It'll be good. Like this, 
This starts them on horror. You get to have a lot of talks to them about. Yeah, a lot of you get to have the sex talk at like yeah. four years old. They're like, yeah. okay, so here's how I'm laying it out for you. <clears throat> well, you have to say "see you next Wednesday" and kiss them on the shoulder. Yeah. So you have to do it. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm triggered, <laughs> I was ready to like wrap this up, and now my brain's all scattered. Well, I'll <laughs> wrap it up then. Wait, uh, hold on. Before we oh, do that, oh. uh, Max, your yes. book comes out the twenty second. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where can people get your book? Where are you, are you doing any author events? I say that knowing knowing your author event, I'll be at one of them. But yes, I will be at Deep Vellum on the twentieth old. Some selling books. Nice. Be there doing or a B square. Yeah, we'll see you next Saturday. Where can people find your book if they can't go to Deep now, Bound? Amazon, Bones Noble, go to IndieBound, all those places. Awesome. Rock and roll. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us oh, thank you. on this episode. It's been a fun chat about werewolves. We don't do enough werewolf episodes. Oh, never I do. say that because yeah. we do 30 of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, we still don't do enough. Yeah, it's still yeah. not enough. I want to do Teen Wolf. <laughs> Put it out there. Cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. Uh, this week's Photoshop challenge, as before, Riley has a werewolf reading a book. There's already a photo out no. there, so you can just use it as like inspiration. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, we gotta post it on the Instagram. You're, yeah. uh, you're no, it makes me sad. Gross werewolf. I had a, yeah, I didn't. You know what? I wanted to go as a werewolf one year oh, for Halloween. Didn't oh. go well. I was talking about the photo he just showed us. Oh no, I was talking about something else. Yeah, I know what, what you're talking about. What we are not gonna post that. Yeah, so, okay, explain what the hair looked like. So, <laughs> so I was like, I bought a bunch of fake hair. Okay. And oh god. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, and and I was like, I'm gonna put it all over my face. I'll just I'll just attach it all over, and it didn't it it didn't come out looking right. It looked like I was doing some sort of uh, blackface thing yeah. by the end of it, and uh, it's pretty concerning. It was a pretty concerning look for a little white boy like me I, walking around. I just realized it kind of reminds me of the werewolf design from uh, Slice, a little bit. Yeah, horrible werewolf movie. If you guys want to just really watch a real bad one, watch Slice. That's the pizza Chance movie? the Rapper plays a werewolf. It's not, it's not but man. Movie. But in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I just, like, I can't imagine that not living. That's what we said. Yeah. We're That's like, what we'll be covering next week. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take, like, the worst SNL skit ever made and make it an hour and 20 minutes. This is just, like, this is really just selling it to me more. I don't know. <laughs> Chance to represent it for like five minutes. Oh, was the, yeah, okay. There well, you go. His, his main character motivation is putting his hand on his hips. So pass on slice. That's, that's more. Find this really uh, <laughs> suggestive photo of Riley. Watch American Werewolf in London. Pick up Max's book, Carnivorous Lunar Activities, online today. And we will see you next week. <laughs>